Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity to be in church again. It is a great blessing, Lord, that we are alive and we are here to serve you. We pray for humility and openness in Jesus' name. Thank you for a great blessing upon us as we receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Turn with me, please, to Revelations chapter number 2. Revelations chapter 2. And um, I am ending a very important series on I know thy works. Amen. I know thy works. Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. Unto the angel, verse 1, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy BMW. What does it say? I know thy works. Amen. And verse 8. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things say the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy house at Sakumono. I know thy house at Islegon. I know thy works. Verse 12. And unto the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy red shoes. I know thy blue shoes. I know thy white shoes. I know thy black shoes. I know thy works and where thou dwellest. Revelation chapter 2 verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy qualifications. I know thy degrees. I know thy works. And Revelations chapter 3 verse 1. And unto the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things saith he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy wife. I know thy beloved. I know thy husband. I know thy what? Thy works. Revelations chapter 3 verse number 7. And unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth, I know thy money. I know thy bank accounts. I know thy savings. 
I know thy works. Amen. And Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. And unto the angel of the church at La- of the Laodiceans write, These things say the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works. Hallelujah. So God is showing us by these letters that he is concerned about our works. Amen. You know, I think I need some more volume because of the corn mill outside. They've decided to work during the fourth service now. Hello? Right. Praise the Lord. Now, one day, you and I will be in heaven. Do you believe that? Now, what is going to get you into heaven? Is it your good works? No. But I remember when I was a child, I always imagined the entrance to heaven to be like this. I always imagined a scale, a weighing scale. I don't know if they have these things in the markets. You have two sides. Do they still have them in the market? And I imagined the good works would be put in the right side and my bad works will be put on the left side. And whichever one is more, you know, if my good works are more, then it will go like this. Or if my bad works are more, it will go like that. If my good works are more than my bad works, then I'll go to heaven. Whoever imagined that way, alright? Yeah. And if your bad works are more, you go to hell. Is that not so? But we are not saved by our works. Amen. We are saved by grace. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. It says in verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of what? These are the very things that God says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Now notice, right there, he makes it very clear that we are not being saved we are not going to go to heaven because of the good works. Salvation speaks about heaven. So going to heaven, access to heaven, salvation, being saved from hell, is not because of our good works. We are saved by grace. That not of yourselves. Not of works. Amen. So our salvation is from the Lord. And you cannot do anything to earn it. You cannot be good enough to go to heaven. We are not good enough to go to heaven. No matter how good you are. No matter how good I am. No matter how we try. We are not good enough. I'm telling you. 
You see, our bodies, our frame, we have the nature of sin in us. Try, try hard, try your very best. You will discover that you're just not good enough. The goodest is not good enough. The bestest is not good enough. The people that God used in the Bible, if you don't take care, you may have an impression that God condones sin. He seems almost to sanction and approve of bad people. Because brothers and sisters, some of his favorite people, God's favorite characters, the characters after whom we have named our children, were some of the most terrible mistake makers you could ever find. David, the great King David, was a convicted murderer of urea, an adulterer par excellence. God really loved David. Brothers and sisters, why did God love somebody whose works were not good enough? Because even those who had perfect works and lives in the sight of God were still not perfect. Because the Bible says that whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. That includes a whole lot of us. One day I had a vision. I, when the Lord was teaching me about this thing, I had a vision. I saw one of my churches. There was a camp meeting. And the Lord said to me, murderers and adulterers. And I was thinking, as we lift up our hands, thinking that we are really now working for the Lord and we are very serious, Adina, very serious, working, pushing hard for the Lord. In reality, we are just murderers and adulterers. Because whoso hateth his brother, man, if you want to find a place where people have hatred, one of the places you can find is in church. This one doesn't talk to this one. This one is quarreling with that one. This one is angry with this one because this one took this one's beloved. Oh, yeah, we are coming home now. I don't know why she doesn't mind me. She was sitting behind me and she was saying things. As the preaching was going on, she was making comments. She was talking. Me, this chair that I've come, if it wasn't for Reverend Saki, I'd have left by now. I know why I'm in the chair, but... And you see people leaving churches for all sorts of flimsy reasons. So, whoso hateth his brother is a murderer. I don't want to tell you to greet murderer Joe sitting by you or murderer Rose. Then the Bible says, whoso looketh upon his neighbor to lust after him or her in his heart has already committed adultery. This means you've taken off your trousers, your pants, your everything and you've committed, already completed. <laughs> huh? So there are a whole lot of adulterers in the church this uh, morning, afternoon. So you see, those who have been caught are fewer than those who have not been caught. That's 
that's the main problem. So David's own was like magnified. It looks like David, we've seen him. It looks like Moses, we've seen him. But the rest of us are also included. Only that ours doesn't, it's not so obvious. But it's there. So as God sees it, all oh, these people are married. So his heart towards mankind is just one of compassion and mercy. That's, that's God sees us like, look, when you see a pig moving through mud, you, you don't, you, you feel, it's, it's almost helpless. This is what he's, when you see a baby poo-pooing on himself, you just look and you just know, poo-poo away because, you know, this is all that you can do. But if you are sitting by somebody in church who is poo-pooing on the, on the seat there, you will not be happy about it. You'll be breathing in and out and saying, Jesus, name, what is this? What's going on in the church? You will not accept it. So God looks on us as we dirty ourselves and as we sin and he has compassion. Nobody in the Bible who ever came near to God felt clean afterwards. Job said, now that I have seen you, my comeliness is converted into corruption. I, can, I see that I'm so ugly. You want to have a vision of God and know how we really are? You will suddenly discover that all our righteousness are like filthy rags before him. That is why God says we shouldn't judge. You see, when you go, as you go and understand God, you realize God said, don't judge people. Because the very person you are judging, you find you are judging yourself. You are actually condemning yourself. That's why the Bible says, he shall have mess. He shall have judgment without mercy that has shown no mercy. If you don't show mercy when it's your turn, you will also have judgment without mercy. Hey! It's wild, though. Judgment without mercy is not a simple thing. Pure judgment, just the issues concerned, no merciful aspects are being brought in justice. As it is, these are your sentences. Oh man, you want to pray about it? Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, as you become mature, you bow in humility. A farmer, somebody who went to a farm was telling, was was, was, was speaking and I was listening and he said, when you go to a, a field, are you listening? Listen carefully to this. He said, when you go to a field, do you know why God says the tares and the wheat leave them just plant and leave them because in harvest time or at harvest time you can see the differences between the tares and the wheat as you grow up in Christ and you are real wheat and not tares what happens at harvest time is that you go to the field and you see the wheat are all bent over like this heavy with the fruits like that but the tears, you see them sticking out like that. You can just see them. So the tears are sticking out like that. And the wheat are bowed over like that. Humble. Humble. Because the more mature, if you are real, genuine, the more mature as you grow up in the Lord, you just become more and more humble. The tears stick out in pride and arrogance. Paul, the apostle, great man, when he first came on this, he said, there is no apostle who I am inferior to. I am as good as any of the other apostles. As time went on, he said, I am the least of the apostles. Then as time went on, he said, 
I am the least of the saints. He reduced, he started comparing himself first with apostles. But as he grew mature, he stopped comparing himself with apostles. He started comparing himself with Christians. He said, I'm the least of all the saints. Then at the end of his life, the last thing he said, I'm the chief of sinners. That's how he, he went out of the scene. Yeah, I'm the chief of sinners. As you become mature, you bend over in humility. When Isaiah was a young preacher, he preached five chapters. Isaiah chapter 1 to 5. In chapter 6, God revealed himself to him. His whole message, the whole of the book of Isaiah is different from chapter 6 onwards. From chapter 1 to 5, it's woe to you. Woe to you. Hey, you, woe to you. You, woe. Woe to you. You, woe to you. Woe to, woe to them that drink. Those that drink wine. Woe to them that carry this. Woe to them that say black is white and white is black. Woe to those that say bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Woe to you. Then he saw the Lord in chapter 6. When he said, he said, yo. Then he changed from there. He, said, he became concerned about it. He said, woe is me. I am the first woe and the only woe in the system. That is why our works cannot save us. Because the most pure, perfect people, when you come into contact with real God, straight away you will be dressed down to nothingness. In the highest form of your state of purity. Righteousness is what you have, not what you've done and what you haven't done. There is a certain nature, evil nature that has been passed on to all men. And that is why death is, otherwise we wouldn't die. But it's there. How many sometimes have very bad thoughts? No, I, I just want you to say, you, oh, be honest. Very, very bad thoughts. Raise up your hand. That you don't, in fact, everybody close your eyes first. Let's close your eyes. Anybody who has, you, sometimes certain things that occur to you. In fact, raise up your hand if you sometimes have very bad thoughts. Yeah. And there are a few of you who are angels here who don't have very bad thoughts. Greet the nearest angel sitting by you. Even as a pastor, I've come to see that, you know, sometimes you see some people, they look very diplomatic and very orderly and, you know, very decent, dignified. In my experience as a pastor, sometimes when you find out the kind of problem that this person is having with his wife or with the husband, and you say that this person who makes himself very dignified and he's very some way in the house. And I'm surprised because the impression is one of everything is orderly and perfect. And, and, and when they are calling their wives, they, they don't call their wives by their names anymore. So, Honey, darling, sweetie, meat pie, they'll call them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think we can understand meat pie more than honey because we don't we don't eat honey so in Ghana we call our wife meat pie domedo come let's go <laughs> <Chofi. laughs> let's go <laughs> hallelujah so works cannot and will never ever make us qualify for heaven 
However, when you are saved, after you are born again, right, the same passage which says that we are saved by grace and that not of yourself and that through faith and not of works, the same verse, the very next line, I want you to look at it with me because you, you will really be touched when you read it. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, But by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now verse 9, Ephesians 2 verse 9, Not of works, lest any man should boast. So again, he's telling you your salvation is not by works. But verse 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, unto and to good work. So if you like, circle the works in verse, um, verse 9 and link it to the works in verse 10. So in verse 9, he says, not of your works. And in verse 10, he says, you are saved unto works. This is the difference between Christianity and every other religion. You go to heaven not by your good works. You go to heaven by grace. But now that you are saved, you need to get yourself into the good works that Christ has prepared for you. Now, I know this is what makes a lot of Christians relax. They feel, now that I am not going to be judged in front of the throne of God, because I'm already destined to go to heaven, I can relax, eat my meat pies and my Coca-Cola, do anything that I want to do, and I'll be okay. But you see, brothers and sisters, God has knows that he's not going to take us to that great white throne and judge us like he judges the rest of the world. So he has prepared another tribunal for believers. So if you like, you can call it unbelievers supreme court. And then there is another believers tribunal that is coming up. And the Bible speaks about these two different thrones and seats where we come and stand before and receive our judgment. In Revelations chapter 20, notice, notice Revelations chapter 20. If you want to find Revelations chapter 20, just go to the book of Revelations, count 1 up to 20. You will find it right there. Revelation is the last book in the Bible, in case you are looking for it. In verse 11, what does it say? And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the whole earth and heaven fled away and there was no place found in them then i saw the dead and the small and the great the presidents and the and the and the and the dog chain sellers and the, the ministers of finance and ministers of interior and ministers of education they were there and the and the trophy sellers and the killer willy sellers and i saw the the the, the katia boga sellers and i i saw the the, the house boys and the house girls and the, I saw the uneducated and the educated and I saw the university students and the JSS dropouts and the middle school leavers and the, and the, and the, and the, and the kebab makers and the kebab sellers and the, and the, the watchmen, the security men and I saw, I saw the big and the small, I saw President Bush and President Clinton and I saw Chirac and uh, I saw the rich men of America and the white people who have a lot of money and the Chinese and the Malaysians, I saw the big and the small, I saw all of them standing. I saw Osama Bin Laden. I saw the Afghanistan. I saw all of them gathered together. 
I saw the Palestinians and the Israelis and, and I saw, I saw them all, all of them gathered there. What happened? And I saw the dead, small and great. The books were open. How many know that there are books that are being used to write? Hmm? Everything we do. And, which is the, and another book was open. Now that's another book. You see, at this throne, you will see the other books. The other books write down our works. But there's a book that is first important that your name gets in that book. Not the lighthouse book. Because in heaven, nobody is a Methodist or a Catholic or a lighthouse. It's called the book of life. It says, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead. There are a lot of people who drowned. A lot of slaves that were being taken to America drowned on the way. I, I remember once I went to the sea and I, 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 at the beach and I saw somebody's hand coming to the shore. So his, the rest of his body was in the sea. So one day at the resurrection, that man's body will find the hand and they'll be moving together. All right? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. You see, there's a, there's a temporary compartment called hell. Right? And in that temporary compartment, people are waiting to go to the final place, destination. And that is called the lake of fire. All right? So death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So when, when you die now, if you are not an unbeliever, you go to hell. At this great resurrection, you'll be raised up again. And instead of going to heaven, you will be made to die again, and which is to go into the lake of fire. So this is the second death. So you are dying once on earth, and then you die again and be sent to the lake of fire. That's why we preach. That's why even if I share chloroquine and paracetamol to people, I've not helped them as much as if I've preached to them to get their soul saved. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So this, at this throne, this is the supreme court of heaven. You will be, it will be decided whether you are going to stay or not. But there is another Christian tribunal for Christians. Christian tribunal. Let me show you the Christian tribunal in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Christian tribunal. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Mr. Rawlings introduced us to the tribunal system so you can understand or relate with that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Whether we labor... Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Amen. So you are going to receive your judgment for what you've done in your body as a believer. Amen. If we read the whole context, you'll, you'll see it more clearly. Hallelujah. So now that we are believers, what shall we do? We must work the works of Jesus. 
I said we must work the works of him. We must witness to everyone we meet. In every song we sing. We must tell the world of the soon and coming king. We must work while it is day. Spreading the word of God. Move along the way. We must to do his will. Bring the word of God. Till it reaches to everyone. We must witness to everyone we meet. In every song we sing. We must tell them all. The soon and coming king. Amen. That's what we must do. So your judgment, your tribunal is not going to be based on whether you are a good person or a bad person, but the works that you have done whilst you were in this body. Whether absent from the Lord or present in this body, you will be judged. And that is why I'm preaching. And I showed you when the churches were arraigned before the Lord. The first thing he said, I know thy works. I know thy works. I know thy works. I know thy works. Lord, I know thy BMW. Or I know thy house. Or I know thy dress. Or I know thy house. Or I know thy shoes. Or I know thy money. Or I know thy account. Or I know thy bank. I know thy works. It doesn't, we are so concerned about pastor's cars. What, what car does he drive? What car does she drive? It doesn't matter at all in heaven. It has no bearing. I remember a dear friend of mine, he, he was living in England, and he said to me, he was going, he had a beautiful BMW. And he was going he was going to America, he was migrating. And he took me out for a ride in his beautiful car. And his car was like an aeroplane. There were gadgets everywhere, there were lights up. It was like in, I was in an aeroplane. And I said to him, my brother. Are you taking this car to America? He said, oh no, I can't. I said, why can't you? He said, in England, we drive on the left. But in America, they drive on the right. So this car cannot go there. And I thought to it, you know, just between England and America, you've got to leave your BMW. Just between England and America, you have to drop your BMW. It's of no value there. He had a nice television in his house and a nice video and nice tape recorders with a lot of remote controls. I said, brother, are you taking your, your things? And he said, I can't. I said, why? Why? He said, because in England we use 220 volts, but in America they use 110 volts. So I can't take it. Just England and America. Six and a half hours flight. It can't cross. How much more heaven? Your degree. I asked him, are you taking your degrees you've had in England? He said, no. I said, what? All these years? He said, no. I have to start all over again. It's a doctor, my classmate. I have to start all over again because just from, just from England to America, the, the certificate has lost its value. You have to start all over again. That should tell us how things are going to lose value. Amen. In the moment of eternity, everything that has been gathered and accumulated will become, the, it will become a mountain of foolishness. A mountain of foolishness in just one moment that's why God says to us I know thy works I know thy works 
I know your works. What works are we supposed to do? Now, this week for just the next two minutes, I'm just sharing with you one of the areas. We've talked about leadership international. We've talked about church planting and evangelism. Now, what else are we doing? We are training leaders and pastors and workers. Now, what did Jesus say? The harvest is plenty, but the church members are few. No, I have many church members. Me, I have many all over the place. As I'm preaching, people are preaching in so many places. I'm their pastor all over wherever they are. All right? And I'm not short of church members. But just like Jesus said, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers, those who work hard, are few. Few. And in this church, one of the things we are doing is to release the workers. Reverend Saki, can you help me? To release the workers. To release people who are going to work for God. You see, that's a grace that we have in this church. Every church has a special grace. But one of the graces that is here is the grace to release workers and laborers and to train people to rise up and do the work of the ministry. That's how come we have all these churches that we have. Amen. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Reverend Saki. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. What grace is there in this church? The grace to release workers. That's the grace that is here. My Stephon, my son Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Anytime God provides something, you've got to be strong in that area that he has made the grace available. Every church is different. One of the things about this church is we are strong or there's a grace. Not even that we are strong. It's this, you don't wake up and decide what you will do. We are strong in raising up workers, leaders, pastors. That's how come we have about 250 churches in the world now. Amen. Oh yeah. And we are just about to go into huge church plants in all over the place. Big time. That's the grace that we have been given. And if you are here, know that that is one of the strengths of this church. We are not the best church. There are other better churches than ours. But in our little church, this is what God has given us. Amen. There are better pastors than myself. But if this is the place that God has brought you to, and I'm your pastor then know that this is one of the strengths and the graces that God has provided for us to raise up and release work. It's not everywhere where you go, you, you, you have the environment where you can work. No. Honestly. In, in many places, you have places where the man of God is really great. He's powerful. He's a superstar. And, and he's, he's, he's a superstar. He can preach. He can teach. You get it? But you don't know how he preaches. You don't know how he's able to preach and how he's able to teach. 
You, you just know that he's wild and he's great, but you don't know what he does. But if you come to this church and you want to be a shepherd, or you come to a shepherd's camp, we'll show you how to preach. How to do it. Not just that it's good, but how, how. Tell me what to do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've written books on that. I've written books on how to. I've started a church. I've written books because I want others to say how to start a church. How lay people can be in the ministry. I've written a book on lay people and the ministry. I've written books on the mega church. Even other churches in this city have begun to recognize that grace to release workers. And today, we are our Bible school. Look at it. We have the largest Bible school in the country. Oh yeah, it's right there. And not just a school, but a, a school with a building. Yeah. Recently, we had an examination for our students. We had more than 1,400 students writing exams all over the world. All those who are part of different aspects of the church uh, ministry program. In fact, even excluding the people there. <laughs> yeah. Other churches have begun to recognize that, and pastors have asked me to come into their churches to train, not even me, but I should send my associates and pastors to come and train their people to become lay pastors and workers in the church. Several churches in the city. I'm not the best church? Of course not. I'm not the best pastor either. I'm just one of the workers. But there is everybody has what he's good at and what he can do. And if you are here, you've got to take advantage of that to become a worker so that you don't just sit down and watch. Because one day, one day, I said one day, one day, I don't know when, but one day, you see, not everybody knows he's going to die. God is merciful. He allows you sometimes to know just a minute before you die that you are going to die. Some people know just three minutes before they die that they are going to die. Like those people in the hijacking plane. They, I don't, they didn't know they were going to die. They knew something was wrong. It was the people in the third plane who crashed into the ground who knew they were going to die. That's why they, they fought. But those in the... Because usually when there's a hijacking, you don't die. You sort of they negotiate and maybe one person will die. In fact, they even have, they'll teach you what to do when there's a hijacking. First thing, if you're hijacked, first step, don't be a hero. Which means don't do anything, just be cool so that you survive. All those who feel they are macho, they will die. <laughs> so don't be a hero. Relax. But you often don't know. People who are sick often don't know they are going to die. People who are in accident, one moment they are alive, the next moment they are gone. God is merciful. So in one moment you'll find that you are on earth, the next moment you'll find that you are not here. That's his mercy. One day you wake up and realize that, hey, you know, I'm in heaven. That's how God is. On that day when it happens, what is going to follow you to heaven? Revelation chapter 14 verse 13. Everybody quickly. Our last scripture as we close. On that day, when you go. Oh, I know what's going to happen. Your wife is going to meet you there. 
And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works to follow them. In the moment that I die, I will not be here. What will follow me? My wife, no. My children, no. My house, no. My car, no. My money, no. My works, yes. My works I did as an unbeliever to get saved, no. The works I did in Christ, they will follow me. The longer you have on earth, that is why you should not want to die. You should want to stay alive. Why? So that you can work longer for the Lord. How many want to stay alive to work more for What did he say? I shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. That's why you should want to live. Not just to have a good time, but you should want to live to do the works of him that has called you and that has sent you and that has brought you into this world. Larry, that's why you should want to live. You shall live and not die. David, that's why you must live. Not to just get married. No. To do the works of him that has called you. And one day, I know most of you think you will die in about 50 years time. How many think in 50 years time you'll be alive? Raise your hand. Most of us. We hope, isn't it? Many years ago, I was in medical school and when I got there, it was 1982. I went for lectures. In 1983, I remember we were in an anatomy class the first time. They gave us so many notes. As the guy was writing, I was wondering, does this guy expect us to write all these things? But I was not sure. So I was writing everything and I was expected to write. He was explaining the arms, something various. Oh man! The notes were about almost a book full of notes in one after the lecture I said what is going on and I turned to my friend I had a friend she was sitting by me I said Carol are we in the right place she said no I said do you think we can survive if I think she even started the question me I'm, me, I'm leaving this school oh. I said me too I'm leaving the school what sort of school is this how long are we going to be here we are going to finish in seven years time I said I can't wait it's too long Imaginable. When, when, when will we finish? Brother, 1989 came. 12 years ago, it was 1989. I became a doctor on the 10th of March, 1989, 20 minutes to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. In fact, it's now 20, almost 20 years since I went to the medical school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are saying I'm old. But it's come and it's gone. I tell you, you see this time on earth here, a time will come, we will be in heaven and say, hey, it was good, it wasn't bad, it wasn't bad. Oh, earth wasn't bad. We, we were working for the Lord. And when you arrive in heaven, there are going to be two kinds of reception. Some people, when they arrive, say, ah, what is this nice place? Jesus. The place will be quiet. Oh, Jesus. Then you'll be going, <laughs> then before you realize though you had a cock, cock, two knocks on the head 
and the say, Oh, I'm in heaven, I've come to enjoy. Pa pa pa, three slaps. Then your life will be played before you. The Bible says, Every idle word that men shall speak, they will render account. Then to be played before you. And you will think, and the works you've done for God will be played. That's the only thing that you can take across. Nothing else will come. Everything will be nothing. For some. And you know why they'll be annoyed with you? Say, you, 14,000 souls are in hell because of you. We need, you, you, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. No, people are dead. You, you, you are supposed to do this, this and that. If you had done that, there was a particular guy who was going to get saved. He was an evangelist. He was going to be an evangelist for 100,000 people. You didn't do it. You didn't say, you didn't, uh, you, you were supposed to join that church and help them. You, you didn't help. A whole church could have passed out. If you had done, the pastor would have done more. But you didn't. You, you were supposed to give some help to the church. You didn't do. You, you were supposed to. And, oh, me. Yes, you. It couldn't be then who? Number four. Number four put the cooking on the cooking pot. No, it's you. Oh, me? Yes, you. Oh, but I thought that when the pastor was preaching, it was just something that he was saying. Real things. I'm talking about real things right now. It will happen live. You see, I can remember sitting in that classroom just across here. I said, Caroline, can we survive? She said, we can't. I said, I also said, we, can, we, can, we cannot. But in the moment, it looked like it will never end. Seven years to go. Seven years more. But now it's past. It's past. I can't even remember it. Another group will arrive in heaven. When you arrive in heaven, you walk. People will be cheering. They'll be clapping. They'll be clapping. They'll be throwing hearts and things. What is happening? You'll be taking, they are taking you to Jesus. They'll be clapping, shouting, screaming. Why? Because you fought a good fight. You won the battle. For some of you, it doesn't even look real. Now look at me. Oh. Oh. Is it true? Is what you are saying true? It's real. It will happen. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to the shoutings and the screamings and the Bible says the elders, we are surrounded by a great cloud. They are cheering us on. After church, go to the bookshop and get that book. The final, um, it's called The Vision. Do you have some copies still there? The Vision. Buy it. Read the chapter called The White Throne. Don't forget. Just buy that book. Only the chapter on the white throne. Just read it from beginning to the end. Just that chapter. You see their life. It happens. And it will happen. And the Bible says, Blessed are the dead which die in their Lord. They shall rest. And their works, their works, do follow them. That's why I'm working for someone. Say, why are you a pastor? Oh man, that's why. That's the reason why. That's the grace. I'm working. Join hands with me. Let's work. Help me to do the work. I don't need your eggs. I don't need your cake. I don't need your chocolate. Just do the work. Amen. 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 I, don't, I, don't, I, don't need you, I don't need you to visit me and bring me milk and sugar. Thank you and God bless you for all this. Join. Let's do the work. Put your hand to the plow. Let's stand up and be counted as one of the workers. Let's be counted as one. Laborers. The workers are few. You know why some people look at us and say we don't work? 
And I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for you saying that we don't work. People call my wife and say, your husband has stopped working. Eh? I don't blame you. Because you, you've never been involved in the work before. Mama, I think my, my battery is finished, isn't it? Okay, give me another mic, please. Hello? Yeah. I don't blame you. No, take, I, don't, I don't blame you for saying that I stopped working. No, take, I don't blame you. Because you see, if you've never been involved in the work, you, you look at it as, you know, something we come to on Sundays to enjoy and, you know, we just come when we are relaxed. We, we come after eating omuto or whatever. We come and after church we go and we press the video remote control and we are watching television. What film do they show on Sundays? Cantata. You are enjoying Sunday. So, so, so you, somebody who does something on Sunday, as far as your mind perceives it, it's just resting. It's relaxed. I don't, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you at all. I, I don't blame you at all. Because if you've never been involved in the work, you will think that it's rest. Because when I ask you to join the choir, you don't want to join. You can sing, but you don't want to join because you don't want to come for rehearsal. Even the worship choir, you don't want to come. Worship choir don't want to come for rehearsals. They don't want to, they want to come on Saturday to rehearse. I mean, why? Why? I don't want to do that. Mr. Johnson, I asked you to join the choir. <laughs> I don't want to join the choir. So, I, I, I wouldn't blame you if you think we just rest because you've never been involved in the work. You don't want to be an usher. You don't want to get involved. You get involved in church planting. You see how tired you You work so hard. You say, hey man, this is not a small thing. You get involved a little. Start to visit. Preach. Talk. You come and preach. I'll give you the microphone to preach. Come and finish. I'm giving you just 20 minutes to finish up my sermon for me. And you know what? I'll make it even worse for you. I'll give you an appointment for, I will announce that you are preaching next week. From now till next week, you will get diarrhea, running stomach, we win. Oh, total, every problem will come on you. Then you will see that what I'm doing is work. I don't blame you. I don't blame you for thinking that we don't work. Because you've never preached before. Even when I invite you to come to the school to learn, Solid Foundation School, this school, you don't want to come. You don't want to be bothered. You don't want to, you don't want to spend any time or effort. All you want to do is to watch us. You see me as a, a puppet. People, even people's children, they, I think they see me as Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or on TV. Or they, they see me like that. That's how the children see me. And then the grown-ups also see me as somebody who is just enjoying life. I don't blame you. Tell the person that I don't, I don't blame you for thinking that way. <laughs> if you've never cooked before, you stand and you shout, bring the food! There's no salt, there's no this, there's no that. One day I went to the, I passed through the kitchen and I saw some meat and blood and all that. I said, what is this horrible thing? Not knowing that that's the food that I'm about to eat later. The conversion process is not a small thing. Pray for all those who cook. So everything, when you've not done one before, you, 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 you think it is easy. You criticize. You criticizing me. Why? Why are you criticizing? I don't blame you for criticizing because you've never done it. It looks easy. So I, I don't blame you for criticizing me. The day you get involved in the work, your mouth will be like this. 
when he's coming out of Christ, he's going to get beyond. I shouldn't blame them. But I see you becoming a worker from today. I see you becoming a worker. Join in. Become a missionary. Missionary. Go to a country. Work for the Lord. Serve him. Win souls. Die there. You know, during the Yom Kippur, there was a man called John Bueno. John Bueno was one of the preachers. He came here. And when he was preaching, he looked, you know, very cool and everything. We didn't know who he was. Then afterwards, you know Pastor Pedro? Pedro? Pedro, who came with Reverend Alvarez, the interpreter? He told us, he said, you see this man? This John Bueno who came to stand here to talk? He said, you know who he is? He said, you will never know who he is until they go to El Salvador. When you go to El Salvador, that man lived there for 30 years. He said, he's one of the well-known and respected. He said, schools are named after him. Churches are named after him. Buildings, the work that the man did and he built churches, schools and what have you. The whole place is changed because of this man. I see him walking around. Nobody knows who he is. Even his name is not known. But when you go to the place where he buried his life with his whole family for 30 years of his best of his life, that's where you see the work. I say, when you go there, I say, it's not a small place in there. But that's how it is. When we get to heaven, you'll be surprised at who will be honored and some of the names you used to hear. It's like they will be aside and other people. I know thy works. God is saying that you, nothing that you do is hidden from me. Even a dollar that you give, a help that you give, anything you do, God recognizes it. And one day, you will stand before him and you say, I know thy works. And I hope you will not say, I know thy nothing. But you say, I, I know thy works. Efe, I know thy works. Kobe, I know thy works. Koye, I know thy works. I tell the person next to you, he knows thy works. <laughs> Lift up your right hand. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your blessing. Thank you so much for giving us good works that we can be involved in. Thank you that we are not saved by, by works. But after the, we are saved, we shall work for you. In Jesus' name. Everybody stand to your feet in a moment as we close the service. All to Jesus. I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily I surrender all everybody lift your hand I Surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. Oh, to thee, my blessed Savior, I As every head is bowed, every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, lift up your hand and come to the front quickly. We don't have much time. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God today. 
Lift up your right hand and come all the way to the front quickly. Lift it up high. You don't know whether if you die today you go to heaven or hell. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to the Lord. Lift it up high. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Pastor, pray with me. If you've lifted your hand, come to the front very quickly. Come to the front. If you, you, I see your hand lifted up there. Just walk from the back, from wherever you are. Come all the way. And the rest of us, let's lift our hands and give us a lower key. Let's sing this song again. I surrender all to Jesus. We surrender our lives. We surrender ourselves to do His work. To get involved. To do something to contribute to the work of the Lord. All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely I will ever I will ever Love and trust in His presence Lift up your hand and say it. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. Oh, all to thee, my blessed Savior. Father, as we lift up our hands to you, we surrender all to you. We surrender our lives to you. We surrender our spirits to you. We surrender our time to you. We surrender our hands to you, Lord. We surrender our lives, Lord. Our, oh, what is at our disposal, Lord? Our knowledge, Lord. Our wisdom, Lord. Our money, Lord. Our days, Lord. Our moments. Every breath that we breathe. Every moment of our lives. We give it to you for your works, Lord. That, Lord, on that day when the role is called up yonder, we will be there, Lord, not in sorrow, but in gladness, O oh Lord, that we shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Ready, O oh God. Ready. Ready. Because indeed, we labored once we were here oh, for you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Those of you in front here say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I receive you, Lord, as my master and my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.